0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Coming up on today's news, we have the latest on a serious allegation involving WWE's Matt Riddle. A former fan favorite is teasing a WWE return. We have the latest on Brian Danielson's in-ring future. And Kevin Nash makes a very unfavorable CM Punk comparison. I'm Michael Sidgwick. I'm Michael Hamflet. And this is the news. Right, okay, usually, as you can tell, I do the rock uh, John Cena gimmick with the notes on my hand, but there's a lot to get through on this Matt Riddle story, so I'm going to refer to my phone. Matt Riddle has flown to JFK after appearing um, at Superstar Spectacle um, in India and got himself, well, caught up in a huge controversy. So the original story um, comes out when on Instagram, Matt Riddle suggests sexual assault on the part of a security personnel at um, JFK Airport. Now, that um, post has since been deleted. Um, Ringside News came through with some details about apparently Matt Riddle was um, drunk or, you know, in some way um, inebriated or intoxicated. And um, he then was, things got violent. Mm-hmm. I think they said and then um, TMZ sort of echoed that with a follow-up report saying that upon deplaning um, Matt Riddle was sort of like in you know a bad inebriated state and um, it was news according to law enforcement sources to them that such an incident allegedly took place and uh, the Port Authority were under the belief that nothing to that effect had indeed transpired so what are your takes on this Michael Hamfler?
1: well yeah very few at the moment until we get the I suppose the, the full picture we don't yeah, know the full picture yet like the obviously out- there's an investigation currently That's taking it. place I should have added all right, the outcome of that should be interesting they put I think it was in the TMZ statement that they added that they were quite surprised that there was a follow up from Riddle they said that it all had ended smoothly between the two sides between yes. Riddle and the airport security staff the police staff there so it That that coming out so soon from the Port Authority side that they believed that there was gonna be nothing forthcoming and they were quite surprised by Riddle's Instagram post Um, was perhaps one of the key elements at the moment as of course Riddle deleting that and then adding another one just saying he was looking forward not to come back to JFK. Yes, 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 that one's still up I believe. Yeah, that one's up, the other one's been deleted. Um, I guess this could be something of nothing in the days to come, but we'll wait and see what the report says. They're really serious allegations. Yeah, it's an incredibly serious allegation. Uh, So yeah, we'll see what comes of that. Uh, Lighter news? Yes, From please. a former WWE superstar who may be trying to get his way back in. Uh, Matt Cardona basically cut a promo last night on the weather, on Brooklyn, on GCW, and indeed his life as an indie wrestler yes. right now, as he was leaving uh, GCW, crushed up, 2023. Crushed, that's cool. Having <laughs> lost alongside uh, Steph Delander and Blake Christensen against Akira, Jimmy Lloyd and Masha Slamovich. He was ranting and raving about everything, not least the weather, uh, and he said... Um, I'm walking to my car in the rain. Look, it's effing raining. I'm hoping uh, the car hasn't been towed. I wish you could see this. I need to go back to New York. I need to go back to WWE. Vince, call me, pal, which of course is what's known as one of Vincent mans. It's a vincism, isn't it? Calling yes. everybody, pal. Um, look, Cardona could just be having a bit of fun with his ex-followers or the online community at large. He's kind of done really well as the deathmatch king. He kind of yeah. subverts that. Ex WWE guy moving into a world that is not his, and he's done that for a couple of years now. So um, this could just be part of that gimmick. But there have been rumours over the last couple of years that there are there is two interests. Chelsea Green is of course currently one half of the women's tag team champions. Cardona's real life wife. So, you never know with Cardona. He's always been very smart to work both sides,
2: and this could be just a tease for his next GCW match as much as it could be his beginning of a farewell. Yeah, it's not the first time he's done this. Um, I need to go back to New York. I'm too big for the indies. As <laughs> you say, it is his literal persona. And, you know, I think I've really enjoyed uh, Cardona's indie run. I feel like so much of the indie scene's like identity was sort of taken over um, by AEW in that. Sort of like, yeah, that North American indie scene no longer has this identity of its own. It's no longer the destination for great matches because trends have meant that they sort of take place every single week on television now. So I really liked his run as an interloper who did not want to be there, who was above it. His sort of like I'm hardcore, but you're not, you're not, you're <laughs> not in that kind of heat that he generated. So yeah, I mean I've got no idea. Look, rumours persist. And I don't know how much I believe in them that there is a hiring freeze in WWE. Clearly not, have just signed um, Brian Pillman Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe they were not too, um, you know, trigger happy to sign a load of people when everything's up in the air, read the Endeavor merger. I'll take them back. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of star power. And what's funny now is that um, Cardona was sort of he was obviously very popular in 2011. It's a long time ago now, incidentally. Very, very popular. But I believe what happened is that the rise of CM Punk, and Brian Danielson, meant that you know, and you know, in league with absolutely horrific Buchan, meant that he was never like the sort of cult fan favourite after that sort of like flash in the pan run. But nowadays. You know, LA Knight is more over than Johnny Gargano. Just to use an example, Mm -hmm. not to be cruel, it's just the way that, you know, the WWE um, fan base and their sort of tastes have shifted over the last few years. So, someone who's not known to be an absolute sort of world class worker like Cardona, who's got bags of personality and ingenuity, could really probably prosper in this current WWE system. Um, Next bit of news today is that Brian Danielson, as he all but confirmed on Collision on Saturday, Does in fact have plans to semi retire next year. Um, But, uh, sorry, Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated has come through with an update on that, saying he's not necessarily going to retire full stop, but he may return for some special attraction matches. Um, I'm devastated. Brian Danielson promised me that he would (laughs) wrestle until he was in his 70s. And you know, he still may yet Mm. on a part time basis. You know, he's a wrestler. So you can never really take these words with any kind of credibility. I'm not saying he doesn't believe what he's saying now, but, you know, he's he's a wrestler. These things will change, and these things invariably do change. Is there any wrestler who stayed retired? No. Well, hardly any. Like It's one hand. and uh, you, can, you can not be able to do it anymore yeah. versus, oh, I'm going to retire and maybe have a match slash yeah. tour. Um, there's a difference. I don't think anyone who's formally said they are going to retire ever really did. it. certainly not in North America that I can think of at the top of my head. Michael Hanfler, you don't have any questions lined up about his last opponents, do you? I don't. Right, okay. No. Well, let's talk about that very, very All briefly. Right. Who would you like to see him face in this? Basically, given the world... Don't muck about. I don't need to see him doing sort of dark elevation-adjacent matches on Dynamite slash Collision. If this is the last year we get of one of the all-time greats, if not the best, how do you think his genius should be applied productively? Honestly, right,
1: up until 24 hours ago, I would have said Zack Sabre Jr. and dropped the graphic. That feels like a big one. We felt like we lost that match twice, somehow. Yeah. this may sound unimaginative. I want the Omega rematch. Yes, Again, same. Felt robbed I want to well see,
2: see Kenny Omega like nearer 100%. Yeah.
1: Because
2: he was unbelievable in that match, and he was broken. So how good would it be if they're both in better health? And if um, he was ever to make a return to AEW,
1: or I guess Brian was to possibly go back the other way, the man that told Brian how great Lion was, Cody Rhodes. Mm. I think that's a very different proposition than what it would have been five, ten years ago when they were both in the WWE yeah. system, as sort of mid-carders trudging through the sludge. Now this is like an all-star class yeah. between like maybe the greatest wrestler of all time and a man that absolutely carries himself with the belief that he is. I'd quite like to the see, the see that best, kind of chemistry.
2: One of the best babyface sellers of his generation versus a guy who's a total sadist. Like that could yeah. be a great in-ring dynamic for me. Obviously, uh, Sabre Jr. in Omega. Like I'm not being particularly imaginative here. You know what I'd love to see as well? Because I think um this theoretical opponent could really do with that bit more juice is that one thing I've not really seen so much of of Danielson. He's, he's great at everything. He's obviously a wonderful technician. He's a tremendous brawler as well. Look at that rush match. Look at the first Anarchy um, in the arena in particular. What he's also great at Everything. But to be (laughs) a bit more specific, is that um, the match against uh, Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series 2018 was an absolute masterpiece. I loved it. So my favourite ROH matches that Danielson had were against um, Takeshi Morishima. Like, just absolutely unbelievable. Like, I need to see a match against an absolute hoss because Danielson's awesome. And I'd love to see Danielson versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, yeah. I think that would be absolutely incredible.
1: What was the... um? The mirror one he had was almost like a flash of things to come that we never got between us. Yes, the that was two, full it? Yeah. yeah, that
2: was a full so yeah there's Still
1: meat left there. Um, speaking of meat, or more specifically beef, even that said, there appears to still be some lingering between Kevin Nash and CM Punk. Uh, he's made a comparison less favourable than when he called him a short order cook at a Waffle House back in 2010 uh, on his Click This podcast with Sean Oliver. Uh, obviously CM Punk has been the talk of, well, every wrestling conversation for the last it's few It was 2009, actually. And that was, uh, yeah, indeed. And that was no different. Um, it's not usually it's not usually the case that I get a bit of trivia what the Nash yeah, the Punk name. thing? Yeah, was it 2000? God, I'm so goddamn. Was it wrong. in the food, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was... Not 2011. Oh my! god. So I was a year. Oh, forget it. Forget anyway, it. On, a, on a 2023 podcast, uh, Nash has compared CM Punk to the Ultimate Warrior. But hold your horses because it's maybe not some of the comparisons you would think. Quote: He says he's already put himself on the mantle right next to the Ultimate Warrior. Go shake the ropes, buddy. You punch Luke Perry's son, sucker punch in his son, of course. You know, referring to the uh, the fight that Jungle Boy and CM Punk had when allegedly had, allegedly well, had. I had yeah. there's, there's, there's How a, did it go? Who knows? There's cameras on them. We want to see the footage. I will need to see that footage. Release the tapes. Um, yeah, look. The thing is, I think a lot of people immediately jumped down the throat of Big Sexy on this one because he's making one comparison here. The Warrior was a difficult backstage presence. Yes, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about any other personality traits, the opinions, the politics, and the belief of the Ultimate
2: Warrior. Yes, people went for those, and I think they've. Maybe willfully missed a point here. If anything, Punk has espoused almost like sort of antithetical values to yeah. the, the Ultimate Warrior. In every other aspect, I don't think he's far wrong. Um, Punk revealed
1: a kinship with the Ultimate Warrior back when he was still in WWE. Yeah. The text that the Warrior had sent him about keeping going and how there were kind of things they agreed on about the way things should be done backstage, I guess. Um, Punk's AW runs, plural, can be compared to a couple of
2: Warriors Shorter stints within WWE and the kind of the, the tension that he created Just backstage. Just untenable. And, this is going to end. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the Warriors 1996 Ninety <laughs> Six from. You get the idea.
1: There's, there are comparisons to be made in personality traits, if not all of those other things we described. That, as you say, Punk is clearly opposed to that. There's some of the beliefs that Warrior espoused. Uh, it's the Nasher making a few headlines as well from his podcast. That's what so you got to do. Yeah, it's. Um, just short of grift, this one, but I don't think it's anywhere near as harsh as people seem to
2: look for when this first came out. Like, as you said, that collision run has got really sort of uncanny parallels with that 1996 run of just someone who's known to be trouble. And I just think everyone, did anyone, and let us know in the comments below, because I'm quite interested.
0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
2: Wow. Nice.
0: Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. upon CM Punk returning and, you know, leading Collision, um, as the top star on that new program. Like, did anyone think it was just going to go for a long time and be fine, even like with him being sort of like consciously separated from the Elite and John Moxley and others with whom he apparently shared backstage heat? Um... Did anyone think it was just going to go fine? Because I used the phrase, bittersweet compromise, where it's like, well, I'm happy to see CM Punk. I think he's an absolute tremendous wrestler, but it's just not the same. And I just can't escape this uneasy feeling. Um look, a lot of people have used this one, but you know, if you see an asshole every day, anyway. Who's got two on and thought it would work out? This guy. He's in, an idiot. This guy. He's an absolute idiot. I'll tell you, he's not an idiot. <laughs> Michael Sidgwick. No, yeah, I am an idiot as well, man. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do. Can't wanna... do DIY. I cannot do directions. My eight-year-old son gives me, like, math questions that he gets at school. i got a knee idea. But you do about this, right? And I'm looking I know, forward to I you. Literally, I just know synonyms. I'm looking forward to you answering some of these questions,
1: particularly one we've had from at Mike 001. This is from the YouTube community post. Uh, do your community work. How do you do it? You log on to YouTube, ask a question. There's a thread for the week. We'll be picking questions out that all week. And at Mike 001 asks, please explain Charlotte Flair. I just don't understand her character. And I want I've asked this on purpose so that we can recycle something that
2: you kind of unlocked and discovered on our SmackDown Preview podcast last yes. week that I feel deserves a bigger audience. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. So one more time, the question. <laughs> Please explain Charlotte Flair. I just don't understand her character. Right. I don't understand the character, but, but I'm gonna tell you about the quality, okay, the appeal of Charlotte Flair. We were having this sort of meandering discussion um on the podcast, on the SmackDown preview last week about where I'm at with pro wrestling at the minute and why it doesn't really move me as much as it did maybe, I don't know, two years ago, 2021 was goaded, uh, at least in AEW anyway. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm kind of, I always feel a bit guilty when I see like a really well-worked match, like where guys are bumping all over the place and, you know, they're doing stuff in the apron, they're doing these incredible like athletic feats, the likes of which we lose perspective on the risks. I think everyone in the wrestling fandom does this and I just sometimes feel Moved And look, I'm going to be very careful here because I don't want to appear like Rip Rogers. You know, that whole dive <laughs> thing. Like, I'm not saying it's that cliched, but the everything's very homogenized. Um, everything, I see a lot of sequences that are really well executed if a bit soulless, if a bit derivative. They're obviously exciting. They're obviously like, it takes a lot of technical skill and bravery to be able to do this sort of thing. But I don't know, I just think that the volume of wrestling is so high that I just get a little bit bored by the spectacular, and I struggle with that oxymoron, like genuinely, and I have done for the past year or so. The appeal to me with Charlotte Flair, the fictional character, I don't really care, <laughs> um, is that on pay-per-view, she wrestles these incredible matches. That Rhea Ripley match with Charlotte Flair, oh uh, it's one of my, at WrestleMania, it's one of my matches of the year, I think I thought was just absolutely incredible, that like really committed, really hard-hitting. And on television, she's sometimes a bit rubbish. <laughs> she will do a forward roll take an Hurricane a Rana bump and like do a tumble as opposed to a bump like she's on a concrete ring never mind one of these you know infamous lucha rings like an actual bit of concrete and i just i find that complete lack of effort endearing because <laughs> you get the best of both worlds like my problem with wrestling at the minute is that everything's a seven everything's a seven or even an eight and it just becomes a five or a six uh, you get the best of both worlds you get so bad it's good and genuinely incredible wrestling from charlotte flair Again, like I'm not being funny with WWE. I try not to bury them too much these days. I don't really get anything out of it. I don't. But the fact that they internally see that character as a babyface is genuinely one of the the key reasons why I find myself alienated from that company and its and its value systems. So I can't tell you anything about the character, but the actual performer, like embrace, embrace the difference, embrace the
1: extremes. Love this because we've got another WWE question. Then we're gonna give you dessert at the end with an AEW one.
2: Right? Okay, okay. We've
1: got one from at John Warner four one seven eight, also from the YouTube community. Bit of a preview potentially of our SmackDown review podcast coming wherever you uh, get them later on. And uh, John asked, "Is this Jimmy Uso storyline confusing anybody else? He saves Jay from becoming like Roman,
2: and a weeks later, once back in the bullvine, what? Huh? I don't, I don't really get it either. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't know if it's one of those. Um, is he like trying to do the I'm playing chess gimmick?" Yeah. Seriously, I don't it, know. Yeah. Because the character seems on the surface to be all over the place. And look, one thing I'll say about this Bloodline saga, even in this sort of like the muling death throes of it, is that they've always plotted it quite well. And they've always been a step ahead of the audience and the cynics. Um, I was very much one of the cynics um, in the immediate aftermath of WrestleMania 39. I thought you've completely and utterly bollocks this up. You've NWO'd um, the Bloodline. You've tried to just buy yourselves a year because you know it's lucrative. You haven't made the bold decision um, to end something before it sort of ends on you. Hmm. Um, Everything cools. Everything cools, and they've just probably allowed it to cool and thought we can get another year out of this. Um, So I'm hesitant to say, right, even me, I'm hesitant to say, oh, you've completely bollocks this up and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing and you've quite literally, in this case, lost the plot. But I'm still befuddled. I'll honestly, I'll let this play out. I will let this play out. But my, when I watch this, I don't feel like he's this really clever guy playing a game, um, and that he's outwitting Paul Heyman. Mm. I just don't really get it. You, you Paul, mate, you, you like it? You talk. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about it. Um, you can get more in-depth thoughts on this on the SmackDown Review podcast, which we will record later today.
1: Yeah, the character is feeling quite stupid at the moment, mm-hmm. which is the one thing that when, especially when both Usos were babyfaces, you couldn't really betray them. Like, you had to make them both feel like they were gradually empowered yes. to fight back against Roman Reigns, the fact that they suddenly feel quite dumb. I do think it's to um, get us to war games. I feel like there'll be an Uso on each side coming together for the first time since Jay left for Raw. Yeah. And I think that's why Jimmy is trying to ingratiate himself with the bloodline, because it feels like that's going to be a bloodline Judgment Day mix at War Games. Yeah. So I think that's one of the goals, but I don't necessarily think that justifies weeks of television of this character going all over the place.
2: Maybe he's lied to Jay about his motive, and now he's very clumsily trying to get himself back into the yeah. bloodline, thus exposing himself as the hypocrite, because obviously, like the WWE universe, oh my God, I hate that. <laughs> Sorry, I've been got. <laughs> I have been brainwashed. Oh, I'm really upset with myself. Don't worry about the him. WWE fans, I'm the only person other than Michael Cole and Corey Graves who's ever said that. <laughs> um I'm good. Anyway, I think he's trying to. Because the J Uso, like the WWE fans love him, so Jimmy's going to be the heel. So if that is uh, I don't care. You don't, well, you'll care about this. Final question from
1: at J Lopez03. Speaking of phrases that I never really liked, but I know you still buy this one. Uh, Jay asks, what does AEW need to do to make Adam Page the main character
2: in the roster again? Um. I don't know. If you look at the the um, Formation and the Rise of AEW, which you can read about on Amazon by buying my book, Becoming All Elite. Um, I, mean, well, well, I ve- saw those words passionate and insightful because otherwise I'm just not interested. Well, they are. How many is it? 120,000. So, oh, i we be getting that tomorrow then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so he was, he was designed to be the main character. He genuinely was. If you go and read uh, Nick and Matt Jackson's autobiography, um, and actually some really early um, quotes from Cody Rhodes, like, they all said, like Adam Page is the one, he's going to be better than all of us, so let's build this thing around him. Because at the time, if you recall, Kenny Omega was sort of so broken down that he couldn't do New Japan by his own admission anymore. So it was either WWE or this new thing with the lighter schedule. So it was always going to be about Paige. They've crafted this incredible redemption arc um, after sort of, in a very ambitious thread, like booking him as this loser who did not deem himself elite or feel elite. And genuinely, the, the idea was Hangman Page finally... Believing that he was elite and showing the fans that he was elite was the story of All Elite Wrestling, and that was the first two years. And like, they're not going to plan for like 50 years of storytelling. It was always two years, which was quite unprecedented yeah. by modern wrestling standards. What happened is that those two years elapsed. Full Gear 2021 happened, and then the identity of the company slowly started to shift. He never thought he was going to get CM Punk, Tony Khan. He tried, he just didn't think he was going to do it. Brian Danielson, he's probably idly dreamt of having Danielson in his promotion, but he never really made any firm plans because he was contracted to WWE and for all intents and purposes quite happy there. Um so what's happened is that there's no longer this big planning stage. It is sort of succumbed to the soap opera weekly model where whatever works at the time, you kind of have to go with. And I don't think Handman Page had the best world title run. I absolutely loved his chase. The best chase for my money in my lived-in experience of just watching it. Um, but ultimately, what's happened now is that you can't really make those really bold, sort of firm, um, ambitious plans to build someone over the span of two years because they had the luxury back then of not having shows to deal with. They did YouTube, mm. they built to the pay-per-views, but they were not in this more of five hours a week where you can't really plan. Obviously the planned stuff, but not to that scale. Um, I don't know. Like, does he turn heel does he just beat swerve is that enough is he he got a good quarter hour in that segment against Swerve, which by the way was advertised as we hear from hangman page the fans evidently wanted to hear from him is it just a case of him sort of moving away from this sort of elite law business that he's kind of been involved in and then just pushing him as this solo really really over like guy i don't know um all i know is it's gonna be significantly harder to do this than it was in early 2019.
1: Feels like that main character tag specifically has been yeah. usurped by Jeff, isn't it? There's a guy that hasn't just had a one, two, three, four year plan his entire life. exists with yeah. within AEW you can kind of see the next four years, yeah.
2: should he choose to stay. That program should be incredible, by the yeah. way, as and when it happens. But yeah, uh, look, they've signed him to a new deal, so there's time to make up the main character again. But you know, how over is he now? Is it just a correlation with the the lack of focus? Has he just like sort of organically cooled off? Do they see him as the main character anymore? Who the hell knows, but um, it's been a bit of a promotional malpractice this year for my perspective on things so whatever they do they have to do it soon and they have to be committed none of this oh, you'll you know you'll have a match on rampage and then you might not see him again for six weeks now if he's gonna be a main character it helps if he's in like the recurring cast yeah you know what i mean you mm-hmm. can't be a guest star if you're the main character no he has to be there yeah right?
1: yeah uh, and so do you by subscribing to the news and ringing the bell and leaving comments and all that sort of stuff watch this video that hopefully adam nicholas will put in the middle of us and until next time we'll see you soon
0: Warbyparker dot com
1: slash covered.